Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquascaping from our kind of unique angle. Today, I am very excited to have Tenant's creative director, a friend of mine, probably a friend of yours if you know anything about the aquascaping world. You've seen his work. You've definitely seen Johnny's photos. Uh, it's Johnny Ciotti, uh, just one of the in addition to being a friend, one of the, the nicest guys I know and one of the most talented people in the aquascaping game. He'll never tell you it. I will. John, thanks for coming by today. Uh, thanks, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, John has, if you, if you don't know John, his background is escaping. We we, uh, we started recording this segment before and the, the, the microphone went dead. So we're not going to torture Johnny again by asking him about how he started. But suffice it to say, he started as a kid. That's fair yeah, enough. Absolutely. And... Uh, after a childhood of playing with the fish and, and you said you were going fishing with your dad a lot in the Sierras and you were out in the natural habitats, yeah. you ultimately took it up as a hobby, you know, uh, aquarium, and um, that led you to competing? Or how did, how did you end up in the competition well, skate world? So it, it, was, it, was, uh, it was interesting, and I, I imagine there's got to be other people with a similar story. Um, I was uh, in my young teens uh, and really just a... Uh, couldn't afford all the fish that I wanted. And so I, um, I approached one of the local aquarium shops, like many other people probably in this hobby, and uh, asked the owner if I could work there. Um, there were some hoops to jump through because of, I think I was probably like 12 or 13 years old. <laughs> um, yeah. So I had to get a work permit and permission from school and my parents and all, all sorts of things. And um, I worked there and uh, he gave me a great deal on just, you know, cost for, for goods. And so nice. I basically spent my entire paycheck, uh, at the shop. But, uh, there was a moment in there where, uh, he'd asked me to go through and, and clean up the tanks. And, and I took the liberty upon myself to uh, rearrange or aquascape, uh, a few of the aquariums that were in the shop. And these were, these were display or not display tanks, but these are just like your, your typical, where you buy the fish from, you buy the fish from. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what I did was I grouped the fish by region and was like, well, I'm going to just keep these fish together because from the Amazon and I'm going to keep these fish together because they're Southeast Asia, you know, close right. enough. Right. And, uh, and started grouping them together and, and did a little bit of an aquascape inside the tanks. And um, when the owner actually had returned that day, the, the tanks were completely sold out. And uh, he was like, well, I asked you to, you know, to do this and why didn't you do it? And he was actually a little upset about it. And I was like, no, 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 I did it, man. <laughs> but I sold all the fish. And he was just like, what? Like, it looks like you just messed around with some tanks and, and, you know, made them look cool. And I was like, yeah, I did. And then I put the fish in and people were inspired by it and, and, and bought all the fish. And he was like, oh, well, do them all. And so nice. your first professional commission. Yeah. <laughs> first professional commission there. Um, so I went through the entire shop, did them all, and um, and sales were were up considerably, um, you know, time and time again. It just worked and worked and worked. So uh, I had people ask me to 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 do that for their aquariums at home, uh-huh. uh, which led me to adopting some photography practices for my brother to to shoot photos of my own aquariums, and that sort of is where um, later on in life the other part of my profession came into play, but. Um, but you, you know, learned people, an, an early lesson, which was make the fish look good in the tank that right. they're in, and yeah, and boom. so it was it was more of a, a necessity at that point to just sell more fish to keep keep a, a job going. Um, but uh, you know, I did that, and, and people saw it, people liked it, and um, you know, 
I, I started to uh, to find that there was a world of, of professional aquascaping from there and, mm-hmm. and started to compete or, or try to compete and try to do it and become part of that community. And you did. Like, I, I we're going to fast forward probably a little ahead, but mm-hmm. like the uh, if you've heard of the iron aquascaper some of you might have that was was that the aga had that competition so yeah that was that was aga um it had started i think in 2006 or 2007 is when the aga put on these iron aquascaping uh challenges or competition uh that the the sensky brothers sort of really brought brought to them or, or hosted when, now when you competed in your first aj were you working he was working at a little place called aquarium design group which you might have heard of uh, jeff and mike sensky were you working with them at the time I, that you competed i was or? i was it was interesting and he forced you to compete sort of right in a way i you know i i wouldn't say i was forced but but jeff um uh, he insisted. He, <laughs> he insisted, and I didn't. I didn't know it was going to go down until, uh, you know, until pretty much we were in the hall. I think w- walking around um, right before the competition, and uh, they were they were deciding who they were going to you know put put, up. put against one another. And, and this was two thousand nine, I think two thousand eight. Okay, and so picture this, guys. This was unknown Johnny Ciotti from Los Angeles, currently at aquarium design group he's you know pretty good scaper doesn't seek the attention of the world and who's he going up against a guy by the name of jason balaban who was like a legendary scaper you might have seen the name um uh yeah really prolific champion aquascaper at the time i think jason balaban had won the aga uh you know the aquatic gardeners association um first place or grand prize or whatever they call it for uh for his scape that year and um fairly accomplished you know aquascaper yes quite talented um, at the time and i i do i remember it's on video as well yes uh, it it being kind of a a funny event because i i really thought i was going to get my ass get a sacrificial lamb (laughs) and uh you know jeff ah he he must have been confident in in some way that i just didn't really see it at the same time and and i had a good group of people kind of rallying behind me and uh, the energy of the of of the event in general, you know, Amano is there. It's one of the second, I think, second time he was in the U.S. Um, and uh, yeah, so we did this did this competition. I spent really, I think, almost no time at all doing my layout. Yep. And uh, and Balaban had spent a considerable amount of time doing the layout. And I was really nervous because his tank looked great and. Um, you know, this is. Uh, I don't remember if we you asked this. I might have. We might have talked about in the after. So anyway, Scott asked. It's a, a great a, story. A, a I love segue, these kind of underdog stories. Yeah. Sort of um, the question about aquascaping and do you look from the top down approach or from the sides or the left or the right and this and that. And I always make sure I look at the back of the aquarium post post this competition. I I did my layout, and uh, you know. The judges went around. One of these judges being Amano. Yeah, how do you how did you feel? Like here you are, your first major aquascaping competition. No one knows who you are. You're going against the reigning champion, and Takashi Amano himself is judging the thing. Did that even like register? Or are you just like yeah, whatever? Um, you know, at all was it? Uh, I'm. I, I think I was. I was kind of an idiot. I was, <laughs> I was pretty young. Um, the importance of that, I think, in this you know, this hobby or this industry hadn't really 
taken effect. I just right. I didn't really understand it. I think you were just the doing gravity it. of it right. uh, at the time. Right. And so um, I was just doing, and I that's how most of my life is. It kind of you just, just do, do stuff, yeah, um, or be. And um, and so yeah, Amano went around, and he he was looking, and I remember him looking at the back of a battleman's tank, and then he went over and looked at the back of my tank, and then it was fairly clear at that point in time who he was going to to uh, to kind of give the nod to, um, you know, because the, Jason's tank looked beautiful in the front, but right. the, the back it was kind of disheveled, and 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 because it was a competition for a, a result that we thought was different, right, and. Um, and, and not talking shit to, to Jason by any means. But, right, um, right. It was just really, really interesting to see how that, that panned out. And I spent more time looking at the thing holistically and just like the the entire approach. Um, but yeah, so. And I Amano up, liked that too. Amano I mean, liked like that. Thing, and, right? and it was, uh, yeah, I got five five to none on, on the judges there. So it was they, like a sweep. They, wow. It was a sweep. Um, and they, uh, they, they appreciated that, I think. And then afterwards, you got to spend a little time with Amano, right? You got to, to got to know him a little bit. Yeah. So um, Jeff and Mike Sensky, uh, they they took Amano and uh, Yoshi and um, the uh, the the translator at the time uh, to dinner with with myself. They invited me along, and we had a you know a beautiful meal together. And we hung out for for many other meals during that. Um, that event for a week there. Um, and Amano and I, we had a language barrier needless to say. Uh, but there was some sort of, um, I don't want to say he, I, I hate saying mutual admiration. Like Amano g- gave a shit, well, but he, 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 there was something you got, like, you got each other. We got each other. And, uh, he asked me for some of the photographs that I had taken during the event, and he used them in some publications, um, and then he continued to ask for some photographs over the years, and I got to contribute to Aqua Journal magazine, which was That's cool. Which was nice. Um, we got to talk about products, talk about the future of aquascaping to to a degree in which you know had to be translated, but um, a lot of fun stuff. Stuff like uh, you know what I think is now Dua, uh, mm-hmm. you know, came from Dua Aqua, mm-hmm. and uh, we had some great conversations on those things um, and, and about aquascaping over the years, and then. You know those things kind of tapered off uh, as he became, you know, ill. Right, but but it was a, an amazing start, so to speak. And and the the thing that uh, I don't know if you you captured this here, um, Johnny is a prof- I, would you describe yourself as a professional photographer by trade or, or creative director is more the yeah. So I mean, you do real deal advertising photography, which uh, is why our stuff looks so good. Yeah, um, I appreciate that. Yeah, it really um, looks great. Yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't call myself a photographer by any means. I, I just you know what whatever needs to be done to tell the story. You know, I I, I look for honest narrative, um, and we find the content or the strategy within whatever it is that we're we're trying to facilitate there, and um, you know bring that about in whatever means necessary. Really, so uh, whatever the brand dictates, that's that's kind of what I do. Um, as a as a professional, I'm just finding solutions for businesses yeah. in, in creative ways. Usually, marketing or sales problems that need a you know need a certain need solving. Touch. Well, let's let's talk about problems in the uh, in the aquarium world. Um, sure, you and I have a lot of discussions about this, and we're both rather opinionated on some things. But what would you say the biggest challenge for an, an aquarist coming into the aquarium hobby is today? I'm really gonna hit you hard with a tough question Ooh, right off the bat. Uh, what is the biggest challenge? Like, if you the the biggest 
the biggest challenge is, um, well, we, we can just re we can remove, you know, the aquarium hobby in general. I think the biggest challenge in any art form is spending enough time with yourself to find your own voice. You know, yes. whether you're you're an artist um, in a in a medium like um, like music, or you're an artist uh, as a photographer or a designer or a sculptor or you know anything uh, is is finding is finding your own voice and having enough um just enough discipline to not be influenced or to be over the influence of um of others that's a huge thing and that's what we we talk about that a lot in in the blog here in Tannen and in the podcast we talk about finding your own voice and being who you are and not and I think it's hard in, in the aquarium world, especially in aquascaping, people are very, I don't know what the word is, they like to mimic each other's work or they like to copy. And there's nothing wrong, inherently wrong with being inspired by other people's work. But I think what's happened in the hobby is other people's work becomes almost a set of rules. Like you have to follow, Yeah, it, it, it's almost this unwritten narrative in the, in the aquascaping hobby. Like you have to follow this practice of placing rocks or this or that or you're not. You know, well, and there's, there's, there's different there's different philosophies behind that and I'll try to break them down. I think there's kind of maybe three mm -hmm. there, there are, there's true thought leadership, which, you know, we can use a mono as a reference cause he's, he's kind of like the, the poster child yeah. for all of that is he developed a philosophy and a set of rules to help people learn how to do something that really hadn't been done. So he laid the foundation and the guardrails for it. Yeah. Um, you know that that's very different than people that adopt is this as like you know it's it's like a religion or something like mm -hmm. you have to follow the structure and these rules and they emulate and and they replicate and they duplicate and they do it over and over and over and over again and um you know that stuff's kind of monotonous it gets a little boring long in the tooth um and then there's there's another idea and i i you know i've said this name multiple times this person though has had profound impact on me uh, uh, more so than a mono uh, is is Jeff Sensky, yeah, and his approach. Um, you know, I sound like a fanboy when I say this, but he, <laughs> he's he's absolutely the the best aquascaper. Um, his approach to aquascaping, though, isn't really definable. I can't even really explain it, but I can tell you that it doesn't come from a place of rules and structure. It is um, he's a catalyst for the expression. And he gets out of the way, uh, the same way as a photographer, um, you know, their equipment and themselves, they get out of the way to capture the moment or image. Um, Jeff really just, uh, he speaks to the rocks and the wood speaks back yeah. to him. And, and then it just, it kind of flows and it comes out. It's not forced or planned and he doesn't follow rules. Jeff is a, an exception to the rules so he he just kind of is and, and he and does what he does. feels like and he doesn't have he, he, the thing i like about jeff is he's like not locked into any one particular style like you but you could look at a tank and you can go yeah that's jeff's um well but it's it's your you it's, know it's your um your your personality has a a deep and lasting you know thumbprint on things yeah and um it's also a collective of many things it's your your personality is your personal reality. It's it's how you've perceived things. It's what you've taken in, and and they they mold you, mm -hmm. and then you um you inevitably 
without intention will, um, you know, imprint upon other things that same way. And it's the same way you can look at one of my tanks and go, oh, it's, it's Pratt. That's probably, you know, I could tell it to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's not because I'm following some set of rules that I have set up for myself. I don't, I don't, I mean, there's so many other things in my life that, that are, that can be stifling or there's guardrails or, 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 or constraints to, I'm not going to start doing that with, with aquarium rules. Right. Um, it's something I'm supposed to enjoy. And so, you know, frankly, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't fucking care what anybody thinks about my tanks either. Right. Which is a great attitude to have in yeah. the aquarium hobby. It really is. Yeah, it's it's a it's a hard one to actually decaf. Yeah. Like I just don't give a yeah. you know, it's just I, I don't, don't I don't care. And, and and I think that makes your work more uh, original because you're uninhibited. You're not worried about oh I'm violating this rule. Yeah, don't show up with reservations, man. Yeah. It's like uh just kinda let it flow, do do your thing. Um you know, you, you can have inspiration though. You know, many of my tanks, they're, they're themed because I'm inspired by a locale or I'm inspired right. by a, a, a picture or something that I saw. But you're not held down by it either. No, not, yeah. not, not, not by any, I'm not going to let something inspired. define me, yeah. um, you know, or define, define the aquascape. It's, uh, you know, though that, that also is another part of it is so many people, they, they constantly look at how to, you know, think outside the box. And I hate that term. I mean, I've, I've done, uh, you know, guest speaker and, and taught presentations on this is, mm-hmm. is thinking, spend more time thinking inside the box, like think really deeply within the box and learn how to do uh, what it is that, that we already have confines. Like we already have these restraints of water, you know, right. and, and glass boxes. Right. Um, why are you trying to put more rules on, on something that's, it's already predefined. It's like, it's just yeah, crazy. Point. Like, you know what? Um, it, it, I just really feel like we need more structure, uh, than, than, than five pieces of glass. <laughs> yeah. like, it's just like, right. <laughs> um, you know, that, that's a lot. You, you can only really fill it up so far. Right. It, it's just like, yeah, what, what are we trying to do here? Well, you know, and that, and that also probably goes to your choice of materials. Like one of the things I've always said about really great aquascapers, whether it's you or George Farmer or, yeah. you know, or Corey or, or, or any of the, the great IJF or any of the great aquascapers I know, you could take a rock or five rocks and I could take five rocks and you'll put it together in a way that just, I just something, you see it differently. Part of it's because you're an artist so you have that artistic orientation, but the other part comes from where inside your. your uh, mind. It, it, it's it, well, you know, and I get this gets esoteric. And I ask, well, I ask you this not, yeah, not to get too crazy, but to like say, well, like, what is it about like a rock that you could look at the same rock I can, you or you being any ta- a talented aquascaper, uh, someone that's really got it, and just like your typical Joe that picks up a rock. I mean, everybody could be brilliant, I know, but what is it about that that you I'm, can just? Do I'm not looking at the rock. Explain. Uh, I, I'm, you know, it, this sounds like I rub crystals in my mother's basement. One, my <laughs> mom doesn't have a basement. I totally rub some crystals together, but um, I'm a catalyst. I'm, I'm not looking at the rock. I'm, I'm, I'm simply allowing it to place itself. No, I, I get what you're saying. You say you see it as part of the whole. It, it sort of tells you where it wants to go, kind of thing. Yeah, Is you that... have to you have to look at the thing as a whole. You know, it's um, you you've got a box and and you're you're 
attempting to express something through the box. I keep saying this word expression and there's not really anything else that works for it. But, um, you know, and I, the rock is one piece to the puzzle. It's not, um, you know, it's, it's not the whole thing. Yeah. So a lot of people fixate on things and there's a, there's a philosophy and, and maybe some people will understand the reference. There's, um, there's a philosophy when it comes to, to motorcycle racing, I, I used to be real, real big into it, but, um, it, target fixation. So, mm. you know, if you're, um, your knee and elbow down into a turn and, and your head's below the bar and, and you're really, really forging through, uh, a tight, hard turn, um, and you can't see the end of, of the, the road, you really can't see to where you're going. You have to trust and have faith and, 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 and look to the direction you want to go. And if you look at another rider, you pay attention to what somebody else is doing, look at their line, look at their path, look at a, you know, I don't know anything, right. Spectator, you're going to fixate on the wrong target and you're going to crash. And so the same thing comes with aquascaping is you go in with a feeling and you don't fixate on the stone. You don't fixate on the, when I pick up a stone some people will be like, oh, God, you're looking so deeply into the stone and you're yeah. turning it over and you're flipping it around and you're doing this thing. I'm not even looking at the rock at all. I'm looking at the tank behind it. So, you know. So it, you're thinking of how the rock is going to fit into the tank. It's, as your, sight, to... it's your sight picture. Yeah. Um, we could bring a firearms reference into it. You, you don't, you, you know, depending on what you're doing with your reticle, either you're focusing on the target and you're lining the reticle up to it or you're focusing on the the the, the sights and the target blurs out. And so there's... There's different things here, and it depends on on what you're trying to do, what the job is. So right. I'm not actually looking at the rock; I'm I'm looking at the tank behind the rock. Now, with aquascaping materials, I mean, obviously, we're a company at Tannin that sells aquascaping materials, but you have been exposed to so many different materials uh, over the years. What do you, what is your favorite element of the natural world to work with? Is it plants? Is it rock? Is it wood? Is it you know seed pods? Whatever. I mean, it, it, what are the things that you like? And what number one? What are the things that you like the most? And what are the things that you think are the least utilized and people should do more with? That's a great question. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting one, right? Um, um, I don't, I don't have a a favorite. Mm-hmm. I don't have any one particular thing because, again. I'm looking at the thing as a whole. Right. So, um, I, there's a certain feeling I like, which is, is natural. Um, I don't like something that's contrived. I'm not looking for like a really trite aquascaping experience. It's just like, okay, we, we really went for this. And no, I mean, yeah, I hate on these guys. Diorama. I hate that. I know. I'm the same way. So, um, you know, why do you hate it? Just a curious, I mean, I'll tell you why I hate it. It's just so kitsch and and goofy and fuddy duddy, like, like model trains. I've, well, I've always felt with the diorama scape that if you put the same effort into looking at the natural world and expressing the natural world as it exists, as opposed to how you idea, how you want to idealize it, these guys could do such amazing work. And, I, and then people talk to me about detail. Like, they're really into detailing it. and gluing you twigs. I'm like, no, why glue it? Why do, you know, no. <laughs> there's different kinds of people. You have people right. that, that are into control and have to control and they fixate on everything and they have to own every facet of everything that right. they do. And um, they can buy no gemstone with an inclusion. Yeah, because they'd go it's, crazy, it's, right? It, it, would, yeah. it would drive them nuts. They, would, yeah. they wouldn't They would see the beauty in a diamond. Just cut the way it is. That's they, true. 
they're like, ah, this one's GAC, whatever. Or there's a little bit of yellow into this. Well, fuck out and get out of here. Like right. it, it, it's, it's still you're beautiful. not looking at the thing as a whole. Right. And they have to control everything. And this is where the true idea of wabi sabi mm-hmm. comes into play from you know yeah, ceremonial tea. And, yep. And 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 being fine with the crack, the craze, the mm-hmm. um you know, the knot in the wood. Patina. Uh, the patina and in uh you know not worrying about this the, the people worry about things they truly can't control. Yeah. Uh in in their life and they they tend to manifest those things into other problems or bring and carry them over into aquarium keeping like you know, this is supposed to be fun. And right. It's, it's okay if it's not perfect. Right. It's getting a little serious sometimes. Um, yeah. And so it's like, you know, if you have to pull out glue to create an aquascape, yeah. uh, I just, I don't even recognize you anymore. I, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I know a lot of people, that rubs a lot of people the wrong way because they're saying, hey, you know, people should express the way they do. And we're not, I think John will agree with me, we're not saying don't do you, but... It, it, I think what you just said is you can't force fit. You don't have to force fit nature. There's plenty of really cool things yeah. you can do by utilizing gravity and effort and time, and you can get that look. And I'm not going to let you go without answering that second part of the question, though, about what is your what do you think is the least under the most underutilized material? Since we're talking about using material, um, your uh, <laughs> I was good. Like your, your your heart, your brain. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, those are. Um, you know, I th- I think one of the biggest places that people oftentimes ignore is the substrate. Yeah. And, and and so, you know, you only have so many things you can do with the planted aquarium. Yeah. Totally get it. But um substrate, there's there's so much going on there and it's such a large part of the aquarium and and how um it leads your eye to things, how it sets a base or just a tone. Yeah. Um, and I think that the, that substrate in your selection of gravel or, or sand or, or whatever you're using or leaf yeah. litter, which when I say substrate, it's everything down there. So, yeah. you know, the, the botanicals, um, mm-hmm. you know, bits of bark, whatever it is. Right. I think that those things, they really help package the whole thing up. Well, you made a funny observation when you came over today. Uh, as, as those of you who followed the last podcast episode know... I, I stopped for the day when I was playing with my tank the other day. I just wasn't feeling it. I walked away and I just left it sand and filled with water. And John walks in. He's like, that's rad. <laughs> you're like, sand. You're just looking at a tank of sand. And, you know, it's funny because I posted that picture on Instagram and I got a lot of DMs from people saying, that's so cool. An empty tank. And I'm like, there's something about substrate and seeing an ex- – we don't see it just for what it is. And, like, I, I agree. Like, it's – we always cover it or it's an afterthought or – things things are powerful when they're left on their own you know um uh flavors can get covered up really quickly when you start adding too many things to the pot so yeah um there there's a lot to be said about the power of repetition Mm -hmm. and the ability um for something to kind of live its own life so the the sand this expansive sand is, is just it's kind of a calming cool look yeah. to it it's it's you know you're pretty brave if you can do a tank full of sand right well it reminds me of those the early the first iwagumi setups that amano did where it was just the the hair the dwarf hair grass or, or like a stigma, stigma. stigma just yeah. just an expanse of that stuff and just a few rocks and you're like wow you know, that's such a brave it thing to do very it's brave like a um 
know, you know, sort of there's a discipline there at the same time. Oh yeah. But, um, allowing the, the rocks to express themselves, to do the things that you're doing with them, um, you know, using other design philosophies to help you make that happen. But, um, yeah, just, just allowing it to kind of be what it is, uh, letting one plant tank over. So there's, I don't know if people think about that when they're doing an Iwagumi, when they're selecting plants for it, I think that they're, they're trying to achieve like a goal of filling something out. Like Mm -hmm. we're, we're trying to paint this whole thing green. Right. Rather than allowing the plant to have control of the tank. Mm. Interesting. It, it's a little bit Expl- different. Can you explain that? A little well, more? you're 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 letting it just take over, right? So yeah, you, you're going to trim it to keep it down, to keep it healthy, to keep it dense, and, and do you know normal husbandry things. But you want it to just go. But yeah, you're you're letting it go. You're not it, you're not shoving it into a box. You're letting right. it go, and so it, it's it's just different. You know, you're you're giving everything its own so, space, and that makes sense. And, and so. That kind of goes with my next sort of question or discussion here. Like, okay, so you got in with uh, – you've known me for years. And when I started playing with Tan and you were like, that's cool. And and you were really – there was something about the botanical thing that spoke to you. And then we got talking about, you know, what happens when you put botanicals in the water, the biofilms and stuff. Like that's part of the – almost like the wabi-sabi kind of a sure. thing, right? It's, it's, it's the transient nature of these things. They break down. They decay. Why does that appeal to you and, and to some aquascapers, they, they, the guys that can't see the, a diamond without seeing the inclusion, is, is that why some people can't accept uh, nature as, on an unfiltered basis, do you think? Or is it just we're trained in the hobby to like, a tank's got to be sterile, a tank's got to be crisp? Uh, that, that, one, I, like, that one's so difficult. Some I, people get it some, and like it and some people just like, nah, I can't handle this. And I feel I'm, like I, I speak only in analogies. You're um, good. Though. It's That's good analogy. The... That, the the same appeal, sorry listeners, but you'll have to follow along with me (laughs) on this. Um, The the same idea behind loving or hating the the sort of natural aquarium with with the biofilms and everything else is the same idea behind, um, you know, let's use a woman for instance, like a, a beautiful, a beautiful woman, like. Or a good-looking um, guy, we have to be. Or uh, a good-looking guy, man. we can. I mean, I just I don't prefer right. guys. So or there you go. Um, so you know, my wife, for instance, she's she's, and I'm not saying this from like my own personal bias, but she's easily one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Uh, most people have ever seen, um, and the the idea of having a beautiful person that's your significant other that you call your own is really appealing to many people, but. The actuality of it is they can't handle it, and um, you get this with you get this with cars. You get this with the home. You don't want to do the house maintenance. You don't want to do the oil changes and the in the transmission maintenance on a Ferrari. Right. You don't want to take the looks that come along with uh, having the, the 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 beautiful significant other, and with the aquarium. You know, it's really difficult to enjoy the idea of something natural, um, except that you have to control the whole damn thing. Yeah. And so got a lot of moving parts. For me, I uh, I'm I'm totally fine with not being in control there. That's I I I, I prefer to be taught a lesson. Um, you know, or or, or humility 
through observation of nature rather than than being like fuck you biofilm right you know that it, it doesn't really well you me. you've also made the effort and I, and we talk about this a lot here is is the effort to understand well why this stuff is happening why does stuff break down why do biofilms occur why does algae show up there's a process and why nature enables these things to appear i mean there's a reason for it and i think a lot of aquascapes seem to be almost like a photograph they they're designed to tr- to capture a, a moment in time as opposed to an evolutionary process where the kind yeah. of tanks we tend to play with evolve over time like the tank we we've set up we played around with the tank in my house today it's not going to look anything like that in three months it'll look completely different and that it's not like a you a lot of aquascapes that you could just keep yeah perfect you know what i mean well, in we we talk about this between you and i and we talk about it probably pretty often um i i enjoy things that are ephemeral in yes. nature um you know i this is going to sound pretty pretty lame i'm like oh i love a sunset well who doesn't but right. I, I love a sunset because you know they happen all the time they, right. they happen once a day right uh every day but uh they're always different and and there's only a fleeting moment where it's actually a sunset yeah I mean, I guess any time from noon onwards, it's, <laughs> the sun is setting. Right, but, right. But, um, you see it but there, there's, there's a finite moment there where, where it is what it is, and you can capture a picture of it if you want, but it doesn't stay like that. And that's what makes it beautiful. And so with with these aquariums, you know, they're, they're always – or they're constantly changing. There's different moments where they look different ways. And what I've really been exploring lately is, you know, things that are more episodic. Like we're, we're doing – series like this is version one of this tank and right. then we're taking it on to a new version and i've been scaling aquariums where you start small and it's in one version and you take the same plants and move them to an immersed version and you're doing different variants at like a you know a diptych over time yeah kind of like the agapo thing that i do where you start out dry you flood it and, yeah. and vice versa and that's interesting so when somebody and this is again getting to a personal thing where where somebody's stuck. Like I was, I was really stuck. You, you jokingly said I haven't seen you like this before. Where I was just like, I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling anything. And we, I got out of my funk by just you. You took, you picked up a piece of wood. Said, oh, let's try that. This is what you told me you're interested in. <laughs> Plopped it in the tank. I'm like, nah, I played with it. And the next thing you know, I, I set up escape. And it was like that was a process that I'd never done before. That type of a process. Usually, I sit down and I'm like, oh, I want to do. do, do. What is your process? Well, so that... Because that was totally different that for one's, me. That one's interesting. So, you know, in, in my real job uh, as, a, as a creative director and a marketer, um, you know, part of my, my description, job description there is, is um, you know, facilitating things and, and directing uh, individuals and inspiring those individuals to work as a group and um for a common common goal right. and 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 sometimes these tasks within those the, that greater task is you know building a website or designing an advertisement mm-hmm. um you know print one and those people might not know or 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 understand as a whole what everyone's doing and that's your kind of your job but you really have to dive into everything and so my approach to the aquarium aspect is is very similar to how I would inspire one of those other individuals and it's really just throwing anything into the mix uh to get them to have an opinion and so you can you can find this when people are like well i'm uninspired i'm not able to get out of my own way i don't have an idea of something well one of the easiest ways to get somebody to have an idea is 
throw in your own idea and if they agree with it then great they're going to be inspired and removed right or if they don't they're going to have their own idea or opinion of it and they're going to challenge you even if they didn't have an idea or to begin which with. which is yeah, <laughs> yeah. so you're you're, yeah. you're you're going to that's what you did with me that's what you did with me you, yeah, you know, and, yeah. And, and and i don't mean in like an ego bad way like you know how well, anybody you, anybody could probably do that yeah, right. so yeah, all yeah. you got to yeah. do is you either you either you either agree or disagree, but you're you're either making someone excited and happy, or you're pissing them off, and they're going right. to go through it. So you just got to do challenge yourself. So so when you're stuck, what do you do with your aquascapes? Like you're like putting things together, and you're like, ah, it just isn't working. Shit, this rock arrangement, I don't like it. What what do you do? Do you walk away? Do you do you come back and you go? Do you start taking things out? Do you move something? Do you just start all over? What do, what do you um, typically find yourself doing? This, <laughs> uh, it it doesn't happen. Um, you know, I. The only reason I go to the tank is when I have intention. Ah, okay. So, it's not that I walk away. I just never walk up to it. It's that makes know, sense. It's kind of like it's kind of like yoga. You know, you, you start the, do it. You start you... the the practice. I mean, you lay out the mat and you start the practice, and, and you kind of just start going through it. Right. And then and then you you start breathing and and you figure it out once you're there. But sometimes it's hard to show up with the proper intention. So. Um, I, I know the philosophy behind design. Sometimes you just have to show up and start drawing boxes, even if you don't like it. Right. You know, it gets, because, primes the pump sort of, Yeah, thing. you're just, you're just priming the pump. That's, that's all it is. There's, um, you know, and that's where rules and, and, and guidelines come into play. That's where right. the rule of thirds is, is there. It's, it's not, it's not set in stone i mean we can call it the golden mean or whatever the hell you want right. it doesn't, doesn't mean do you that use that in a lot of your escapes the rule of thirds is that or does it just sort of happen that it like, happens it's it's a it's an it's the an best escapes just sort of like you end know up that way, i mean yeah. yeah if you if you are really really stuck take three rocks and and make them line up to the the you know the golden ratio yeah okay great yeah. right now if you don't agree with what you did then do it again yeah if you do then you're done yeah um but i mean you know, if, that, if that's what your intention is. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm never really going to answer your question. No, but that's cool. But you've used nine different analogies, and that's good. Yeah. You're, it, you're winning the analogy. Yeah. I, I, this is the, the most this, analogy I, of any guest in the history of the, the tent podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now, uh, no, yeah. but, but these are important things. That, you know, we talk about a lot of philosophical stuff here because that's how I am, and you're like that. And that's what our company, Tannen, is about. It's a, it's a philosophy. It's a mindset. It's not just a, a thing. And... Um, I think it's important in, in aquascaping that everybody seems to have a philosophy or subscribe sure. to some kind of school. And that's what makes it so interesting and so individual. And um, a lot of people have talked to me about, they say, oh, I'm really into, the, I want to do a biotope, but I don't want to be married to just the actual location, which is great because it's a form mm-hmm. of expression, biotope inspired. Um, other guys like this photorealism. They like looking at photos and trying to replicate that, which I think is very interesting, but it's, sure. it's, um, I, I I wish people would go beyond because I'm all about the function as well. I want it functional. I call it functional aesthetics, sure. where it looks good and it functions like nature too. And I think that's kind of exciting. I mean, what what do you see as sort of the next thing in aqua? I don't want to say trend because I hate that word, but what do you see as the next sort of evolution in aquascaping? What do, what do you think you're going to see people doing? Is it, is it using a different <laughs> material or what? what uh, <laughs> just so, filling yeah, a tank with so, water and throw, dropping a fish in, and that's it. What I'd like to see and what I see happening are different different things. What I 
I feel like we're gonna see a lot more of is a lot more people copying the same damn people over and over and over again yeah. to where every tank kind of looks the same. It's scary, but that, 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 that's what I that. think is gonna happen. Um, I would love for people to prove me wrong. Yeah, and everybody and, wins when they do that. Yeah, and really start, um, you know, addressing things as a whole. And, and I, I'd love to just see people find what's actually inspiring them or what, what is at the core of the inspiration rather than copying someone else's tank. Nice. Like being inspired from someone else's aquarium is a joke. <laughs> Why like, you said that? Well, it's, it, 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 people do, I, I'm not, I'm not even bragging on this one. People will, will oftentimes find me on social media and be like, Hey, can I, can I copy your tank? I don't care. Because you're copying my tank. You're not copying the original inspiration. Mm. And even if you did, great. Good yeah. for you. We, yeah. we like the same thing. Right. Um, so, you know. Lots of people make chocolate yeah, cake. Just, just, <laughs> just find your source of inspiration. Yeah. And, and so I, I'd like to see people use uh, inspiration more in their aquariums. Cool. That makes sense. Whether that inspiration is um, wild habitat, somebody's tank, art something like i mean yeah just whatever you're gonna do just stop doing what somebody else did like that that's it you're not doing yourself any favors you're You're not expanding you're not growing as an individual you're not you're not performing art you're you're going through motions yeah and you're doing it for what reason i mean there's a lot of people out there that just make tanks to get likes yeah, well, that's that's a social media thing in general. Yeah. People they want to get likes. It's satisfying some other sort of deficiency in their personality or something. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, and, and I think other... you'd find a lot more happiness if you uh, if you didn't bring that into your aquarium. Yeah, you know, I, honestly, I like seeing as much problems like like right now my Tucano tank uh, because of some issues with the lighting and so forth. It's it's covered in algae, and I'm gonna put pictures of that up because I want to show people. It looks bad. It looks, yeah, it looks bad. It, it looks, thanks, John. <laughs> F you, John. We're, we're done now. But no, but really, I, you know, I look at it and I go, this looks like shit, but I'm accepting it. I'm like, oh, but you got to share that. You got to share the whole journey. And I think that we have to be honest and open in our journey uh, in aquascaping and in aquariums too, because all we ever see on, on social That's media is the very best yeah. freaking picture. Honestly, like, it's got to show the biofilm, awesome. the algae, the, the trials and failures. And, and I know we were kind of railing on people for gluing things to stuff. And I get it. Maybe that's the only way you can get your thing to work. I think if you keep trying, you can get it to work. But you've got to show the failure too. I think that's really yeah. important because it humanizes the whole thing. I, and I, you know, I, yeah, I, I could see that. I, I also, I'll, I'll, I'll stick to my guns and disagree. Um, if, you have to, if you have to glue something or tie something that's not, like I'm talking about permanently. Right, uh, not moss or something. You know, to get yeah, it started. T- tying uh, an epiphytic or rhyphytic plant right. to something, or so putting it can, a rock on something to hold it grow. Down. Yeah, for yeah. for a temporary. Okay, yeah. great. Um, but you know, if if you've got to like glue epoxy mold, uh, you know, dam, do all sorts of things to to make something work. You have the wrong material. Um, you're forcing it. I don't know. I, I guess I'm a I'm a snob. No, I'm but a, that's I'm a purist when it comes to stuff like that. No, but I, but I I feel kind of the same way. I don't think that's that crazy i think it's about doing something working with what nature gives you as opposed to having to go outside it and yeah. trying to find those extra components and you know that can get a little it, you can get real esoteric about what that means but i think it's, yeah. it's taking what nature gives you and, and going with it and i think that's great 
Um, going to wrap this up soon. I want to ask you some rapid, more rapid-fire questions. Um, what is your single biggest inspiration in aquascaping? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, good. I was hoping for that yeah, answer. Yeah, no, uh, because a lot of people say, "Oh, it's uh, you know, Joe Blow did this really great." Okay, it's good. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, you're yeah, you're a teacher's nature. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. That's that's I, I believe in that. Um, what is the one fish that like you think like if you had to use? Uh, that's a dumb question, but if you had to, one fish that you had to kind of use in a lot of tanks, what what is your favorite go to fish? Do you have one right now? And if so, what would it be? Again, I situation specific yeah, i yeah, realize yeah that's that's is there one fish that, like let me let me rephrase it like you could say it works in the widest variety of situations that in other words you can do a, a, a whole bunch of different types of scapes and still use this fish and it would be appropriate or happy in i th- gosh you know there's so many fish that i think could just work in anything yeah. um you know there, there's a reason why you see a lot of the same fish over and over and over again um, because they they work so well in things, right? But then I I don't find fish to be really a limiting factor. Do you have a most underrated fish? Ooh, I think I know. I got a couple of choices for that. Yeah, uh, they're they're definitely under underutilized or underrated fish. Well, uh, the well, recently I I use lemon tetras right in my That's... um my last aquarium. They're they're really underrated kerosene. I mean, they're just super, super underrated. Yeah. Um, the color is beautiful. It doesn't always translate into photos. So, you know, that's probably where people are also getting their inspiration from right. photographs of things. Right. Um, you know, maybe if people just went out and, and experienced more aquariums, like some of the best aquariums I've ever seen, those people aren't even on the internet. Yeah. They, 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 their aquariums will blow your mind. And, you know, it's like a guy has a tank in his living room yeah. and doesn't go on the internet. Um, but uh, there's there's a lot of fish that are just really beautiful that that are super underrated. We were talking about Corydoras, like like yeah, like I mean bronze quarries. So bron- bronze quarries is one. So if we're like South American, uh, you know, fishes in general, you've you've got yeah the Corydoras, um, the bronze quarries are, are super underrated. Um, the lemon tetra super underrated. Um, Odysinclus, super underrated on a, a fish as its own. Yeah. Um, Not just a scavenger or yeah. algae eater, I but mean, they're, they're really cool fish. They have a lot of personality and, and character. Yeah. Um, maybe underutilized, but not underrated uh, is the checkerboard cichlid. Yeah. Uh, a great, great yeah. fish. Yeah. Um, you know, on the other side of things, when you start getting into Southeast Asia, um, like the. Uh, they call them like a, a green or a blue raspora. The um, Sundanio. 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 Yeah. yeah. You know, that's funny. I think Rachel O'Leary told me the same thing when I talked to her. I think she thought that was like an underappreciated fish also. Yeah, that's they're just, they're not utilized. I don't know whether they're actually difficult to, I don't think I mean, they're difficult to they're get. They're not too hard to get. I mean, you, you could find them with some degree of regularity. But they're, they're beautiful fish. They just don't photograph very well. Yeah, they look kind of washed out they a lot of times. They look washed out. And yeah. then you put them in the right tank with the right, they the right settings. They, they pop. Um really great fish um you know so uh yeah i i don't um i don't know if there's any one fish that i just don't like no but there's like a few and that's interesting because i i'm the same way i don't think i could come up with just one single fish i would just say there's a there's a bunch and and um yeah it's hard like anything that's not brightly colored is probably underutilized i mean that's why like I admire guys like like people that keep 
wild live bears where mm-hmm. most of the predominant color is gray. I'm like, that takes a lot of guts yeah. to keep a fish like that. That's cool. You got to really love the fish. I like that. That is super cool to oh, me. I do love some fancy guppies. Oh, yeah. Who does not love fancy I, guppies? I mean, yeah, do, you, you are a guppy fan. I do like fancy guppies. Well, okay, here we go. What's your, like, fantasy tank? And I don't mean, like, oh, I'm going to bring a waterfall into my house. Like, what's, like, if you just let yourself go and just do whatever, what would what would it be? Would it be fancy guppies and water sprite and gravel yeah, and be done with uh, it? Or yeah, what, did, what is it? I don't know. I haven't come up with it yet, so. That's cool. Well, that's, um, I respect that. There, I... You know, I'm I'm really inspired right now by um, a lot of these marginal habitats, yeah. and I'm finding a little bit of a limitation with the the box itself that we put things in. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love a bigger marginal habitat uh, or, or expression of of that piece of nature yeah. in my own home. Uh, I just got a uh, Ultim 120s. Nice. And, and so I really feel like I'll be able to do that. I think there's some people that are out there that are doing great jobs of things like that. Shrimpery that are, is doing shrimp, Yeah. He's come up a few times uh, in this podcast. Yeah. Shrimpery is killing the game. And I know a lot of people like to emulate him. I wish that they would listen to him a little bit more and look at, look at the references. He, he looks at some, some incredible books. I think he's really inspired by the, the plants themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, guy's kind of a, a visionary when it comes to some of those things he's he's one of the only dudes in the u.s that's really just doing it differently it shows i mean people yeah they they definitely have an affinity for whatever it is that he's doing and uh, but i think it's because he's just looking at things uh without reservation and and is just kind of doing it from the source expression of style of his own. yeah yeah from nature yeah. Yeah. yeah so i mean and i'm inspired by a, a similar uh, similar habitat, I guess. Um, slightly different. Yep. But, uh, you know, I, I'd like to do more of that. Yeah. Well, we're looking forward to keep keeping under wraps, but we're looking forward to seeing some of the new things you're going to be coming up with. Johnny told me some of the new things he's going to be working on. You know, we try to give you a lot of different looks here at Tenant. So, you know, for inspiration, for ideas and so forth. And uh, he's come up with some really cool stuff that you probably, in combinations that you probably haven't seen before and in areas that you haven't applied before. And I think that'll be a lot of fun for a lot of people because it incorporates underutilized things, underappreciated, and things that are just out there for the taking, so to speak, that we aren't grabbing because yeah. we're just not thinking about, out of sight, out of mind. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that work. That's uh, real exciting. Fish. Yeah, you, yeah, the, you the, the, the fish, the, the chocolate tetra the, the, the oh oh the chocolate neon the chocolate neon uh, what is that fish called uh someone's gonna tell me what it is it's pericaridon blah 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 I, I think it's it's uh, changed a couple of times yeah, so it, yeah. but yeah oh, i know a, exactly which fish the is chocolate it has neon. like yellow sort of a line yeah the chocolate not neon the bl- is... not the black neon the chocolate the chocolate one I, yeah um, i think it also has a different name it might be called chocolate tetra or something. whatever yeah the popular I, there, name there's is. a there's a couple of vil vil yeah that's a vicon vilne that's yeah. what it, it has like a yellow line over a yeah. brown stripe that, and a, yeah that's a cool fish there, there's there's the fish uh, that's, that's a cool fish they might be also difficult to get a hold of. They, well, not seasonal, probably. Yeah, but that's a that's a cool fish. I get you there. Cool. Well, that's a that's a strong ending. Um, final uh, question here: um, What is the one product you'd like to see in the aquarium hobby? Is there a product right now that you that you think is missing that would make life easier hmm. for a lot of people? Um, 
I don't I don't think there's like an actual product in I I'm lying right now. Um so what? this is what I sound like when I'm lying. There there's <laughs> not a product out there that that anybody can make that would make it better. Um because I'm actively trying to make those things. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I mean, um, full disclosure, we have to be uh, quiet I, I about I really something. feel like what people could do is just execute better on, on existing products. Um, there are great companies out there doing doing okay things. Yeah. Um, there, there are a couple of smaller companies that are just coming onto the scene right now that are doing really, really well, and they pay attention to what they're and doing. And that's exciting to see it's these. very guys. exciting. Yeah. So I'm excited about the gear aspect of the hobby right now. Mm. And, and that's something that I usually don't get right. all that hyped on. Anti-gear people. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I mean, I drop names all the time on this stuff. And it's, so it's like a totally shameless plug. Uh, the guys <laughs> at Ultim Nature Systems. Yeah, they've been really great. They're they're killing it with their, their aquarium shapes and um, the quality of them. And then, um, you know, over on the ADA camp, the, the new Dua products mm-hmm. are... are um, they just allow you to, to work a little bit easier and there's not as much restraint. Yeah. Um, good, good stuff, but yeah, I, I just more, more polisher attention. Um, you know, I got obviously Tannen's already doing <laughs> some, some, some incredible stuff and, and making things that are not readily available, available, um, at a high quality where you can trust putting them in your tank. That's a, I think a often overlooked, aspect of the hobby is being able to trust your materials or be able to source them yeah. um, consistently. And so it's like with, with plants, you know, Altum getting yeah. their tissue culture plants, yep. being able to get the right leaf litter and know that it's not going to kill my fish. It's um, all huge. You know, yeah. th- those are, those are big things. Yeah. So, so confidence, I, I would just say, you know, good sources of stuff, m- more confidence, inspiring products. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Uh, and again, uh, Johnny, let's, uh, we're going to wrap this up, I think. Yeah, we're just about the end here. So um, final thought. Do you have any one final thought, uh, hobby-related, that you wish to leave everybody with today? No, I, you know, I, I think I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah. And, you know, I, I try not to be uh, so serious with this stuff. I know it comes across as like I'm a cynic when it, it's just like... No, you're like most serious professional aquascaping people or, or hobby aquarium people. Very philosophical. Like there's a philosophy behind what you do. Yes, you have fun with it, but there's also like a deep philosophy yeah, going on. That's... There's there's a there's a there's something that's ticking back there. There's a there's a scratch to itch. Um, uh, you know, I, I love the stuff. I, I guess it's just you know to reiterate or 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 just bring that back up again is um, you know, do what you like. There it is. And, and if you. If you don't actually like doing aquariums, then just don't do it. Then take up stamp collecting or knitting, crocheting. Do something else. So, I mean, and if you, um, if you don't like my comments towards, um, you know, uh, like diorama style aquariums, then, um, let us know though. I want to hear that. We need dialogue like that. That's important. You can let me know. I, I still won't care. Um, (laughs) you know, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do them. You know, if it makes you happy, then, um, do you, then you do you, uh, just, I just won't acknowledge it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you won't acknowledge it. <laughs> but I want to acknowledge all of you guys. So thank you very much for spending part of your day, your commute, your yoga time, your running, whatever you're doing. Uh, we appreciate all the comments and always appreciate the support we've been getting. It's a lot of fun um, having guests like Johnny. And Johnny 
as you know, uh, is a very important part of, of what Tannen is. His work is, his fingerprint is all over the company. Um, and uh, much of what you've enjoyed about Tannen, I, uh, Johnny, thanks for, for helping us. You've helped me express Tannen in a way I never could. And, and I think that's, uh, that's really neat. So it's really a pleasure having you here. Um, everybody, thanks again for stopping by. We'll look forward to seeing you guys on the next installment of The Tint.